This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11.512 MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 mega symbols per second, standard DVB S2, modulation 8 PSK. Audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, this is Daniel Bills with the news. The headlines. The Prime Ministers of Romania and Ukraine have inaugurated the first border checkpoint between the two countries since the beginning of the war. The latest price hikes have triggered a wave of protests all over Europe and Romania's national handball side has qualified for the main groups of the European Championships EHF Euro 2022. Romania has been actively supporting us in the fight against the aggressor. Romania supports the idea of setting up an international tribunal and is supporting our future. Ukraine's Prime Minister Denis Shmihal said in the opening of the border checkpoint in Vikovuldesus, Romania and Krasnoilsk, Ukraine. Our citizens will come back through these border checkpoints and the consistent humanitarian aids from the EU countries are coming to our people also through these border checkpoints. According to him, another seven checkpoints are planned to open at the common border. In these special moments Ukraine is going through, tragic moments after the Russian aggression, we need to show solidarity and unity. Romanian Prime Minister Nicolae Ciuca has said. According to him, the mobility of people and goods has become of vital relevance as the illegal, planned and unprovoked aggression of the Russian Federation is having disastrous effects upon the Ukrainian citizens and the government in Kyiv. The aforementioned border checkpoint is the first between Ukraine and an EU member after the beginning of the Russian invasion. The latest price hikes have triggered a wave of protests around Europe. Traffic has been hindered in the French capital and its surroundings as workers in the local railway and underground infrastructures have gone on strike. Belgium on Wednesday was affected by a national strike while in Britain thousands of nurses have decided to cease work asking for pay rises. In Greece, thousands have gathered in front of the parliament building where protesters have clashed with riot police. In most of the fields, activity has been interrupted, while the road and maritime transport has ceased. TV and radio broadcasts have also been interrupted. 
Romania's national handball side on Wednesday qualified for the main groups of the European Championship EHF Euro 2022 after a 31-23 win against North Macedonia in Group C. Our handballers, who lost their first two matches against France and the Netherlands, have managed to qualify for the competition's next stage after securing a win in the second half of the game. The European Championship EHF Euro 2022 is underway in Slovenia, North Macedonia and Montenegro over November the 4th and the 20th. Romania has participated in all these editions with the exception of 2006, the best result being the bronze medal they got in 2010. In the previous edition, in 2020, Romania ranked 12th. The ruling coalition in Bucharest has reached an agreement on capping and subsidizing energy prices the next year. A solution to this issue has been delayed for a couple of months now. Under the new legislation, household consumers with consumption below 100 kilowatts per hour will be paying 0.68 RON per kilowatt, and those below 255 kilowatts, 0.80 RON. Households with a consumption higher than 255 kilowatts will be paying 1.3 RON per kilowatt. Major economic consumers will be paying the same price, while small and medium-sized businesses in the food and pharmaceutical industry, community services and churches will be paying 1 RON per kilowatt hour. The executive is expected to issue a new ordinance to be applied next year. Romanian President Klaus Johannes will be attending the fifth edition of the Peace Forum in Paris, due on Friday and Saturday at Brognard Palace. According to the presidential administration, the debates during the forum will be devoted to major topics on the international agenda, such as geopolitical conflicts with global consequences, the aggravation of the climate change, the succession of the COVID-19 pandemic and the increasing social inequalities. On Friday, Johannes is to participate in a panel entitled Present and Future – How to Manage the Effects of the Multiple Crisis Over the Population. On this occasion, Johannes will be referring to the effects of the aggression war the Russian Federation is waging on Ukraine. And that was the news. The leaders of the ruling coalition in Bucharest have reached consensus on the energy prices. I'm Elena Enake with more on this topic in a report by Corina Cristea. Eagerly awaited by household consumers and companies alike, a solution to play down the high energy prices was agreed on by the ruling coalition in Bucharest on Wednesday. After weeks of debates, the leaders of PNL, PSD and Udamere have finally reached consensus. The new decisions will be enforced starting next year and will impact only consumers that exceed the consumption level of 255 kilowatts per hour who now have to pay very high bills, triggered by the skyrocketing energy prices. 
In Romania, the prices of electricity and natural gas have been kept as of November 1, 2021, in the context of market liberalization in July last year, at the same time with substantial price increases at international level. Various formulas applied ever since have protected only consumers with monthly consumption rates of around 255 kWh or 300 kWh. All others have had to pay the market price. The version agreed on Wednesday by the ruling coalition maintains the price of electricity at almost 14 euro cents for a monthly consumption level of maximum 100 kilowatts per hour and at around 16 euro cents for a monthly consumption level of up to 255 kilowatts hour. However, starting January 1st, household consumers who exceed this threshold and the large companies will pay a flat price of 26 euro cents per kilowatt hour. Also, SMEs, the food and pharmaceutical industries and the places of worship will pay some 20 euro cents per kilowatt hour. The price of natural gas remains unchanged, that is around 6 euro cents per kilowatt hour for household consumers and 7 euro cents per kilowatt hour for companies. From the opposition, the Alliance for the Union of Romanians have called on the ruling coalition to speed up the implementation of measures that help people cope with the high energy prices. The Social Democrat leader Marcel Ciolacu has said that the government will pass an emergency ordinance regulating the energy price and that modifications will be brought to the ordinance currently debated in the Chamber of Deputies. According to a study made public at the end of September, utility bills in Romania had the highest growth rate in the European Union, being by 124% higher than in 2015. By comparison, the European average has been 100%. Moreover, Romanians must also cope with an inflation rate of 16%, which is higher than the one at European level, translating into more money being spent on monthly expenses. The new justice laws have passed the test of the Constitutional Court of Romania. I'm Mihaela Ignatescu with more in this report by Bogdan Matei. Though disliked by many, the Constitutional Court remains the implacable arbiter of Romanian political life. In casual terms, its decisions, even if debated, are enforced. On Wednesday, it was the turn of the opposition in the Romanian parliament to comply with its rule and swallow the bitter pill of referrals rejected by the judges of the court. Both the Save Romania Union and the Alliance for the Union of Romanians, as well as the Ombudsman, had notified the court about elements of unconstitutionality regarding the three justice laws adopted in the parliament dominated by the governing coalition. However, the court decided that the law on the status of judges and prosecutors, the law on judicial organization and the law on the Superior Council of Magistracy are all constitutional. The interim speaker of the Senate, the liberal Alina Gorghiu, wrote on social media that the court's decision was correct and natural and the laws will be submitted for promulgation. She believes that in this way normality will be resumed. 
Alina Gorghiu has stressed that Romania's goal is at present the lifting of the cooperation and verification mechanism through which Brussels has been monitoring the functioning of the rule of law in Romania since its accession to the European Union in 2007. She has also said that Romania's accession to the Schengen Free Movement Area also depends on removing this mechanism. The procedures regarding the adoption of the three laws, Alina Gorghiu also claims, were carried out in coordination with the European Commission. And correcting the justice legislation was also an objective included in the National Recovery and Resilience Plan, which the Romanian government and Brussels agreed upon together. The Save Romania Union, however, claims that the new laws will do a lot of harm. According to the former Justice Minister Stelianion, these are extremely bad and harmful laws which take us back to the period before admission to the European Union, when the authoritarian left-wing regime of Prime Minister Adrian Stase had tried to subordinate the magistrates and stop the anti-corruption fight. The decision of the Constitutional Court to reject the notification submitted by the Save Romania Union in the absence of an opinion from the Venice Commission, proves that the court has become a simple political tool, the former minister also said. In turn, the spokesperson for the Alliance for the Union of Romanians, Dantanase, has said that not sanctioning the judges who do not comply with the decisions of the Constitutional Court renders the decisions devoid of their mandatory nature. The Ombudsman, too, believes that in addition to the forms of manifestation of the right of association, the new legislation in the field foresees an expansion of the area of functions that can be taken by judges and prosecutors, which exceeds the activity of doing justice. The opposition calls on President Klaus Johannes not to promulgate the justice laws in their current form and to wait for the opinion of the Venice Commission. That was Radio Newsreel. Focus on Romania. Next in Radio Romania International's broadcast, it's Hit of the Day. Listen to Loredana with a song called When a Day Feels Like a Year. Printre cerșa ful puse la uscat Când luna venea din neam Și ce n-aș da mă gândeam O altă vară să se prelingă așa Când o zi pare una Când o zi Sous-titrage Société Radio-Canada 
you are listening to Radio Romania International. Traveler's Guide. Hello, dear friends, and welcome to another travel feature on Radio Romania International. This is Daniel Bilz at the microphone, and today we invite you to the county of Hargita, located in Romania's central region. Here one can find the only volcanic lake in Eastern Europe, the St. Anne Lake, as well as the Pride Salt Mine, a genuine salt town at a depth of 120 meters from the surface. The region offers excellent conditions for mountain hiking and is famous for its ski slopes, very appreciated by winter sports lovers. Merze Jolt, project manager with the Inter-Community Development Association, has told us that all the travel programs here are very safe and family-friendly. Prima mea propunere este destinația Ținutul Sării. Aici avem multe activități experimentale care au My first suggestion is the Salt Land because here we are running a series of activities aimed at presenting several trades and involving visitors in them based on the old principle which says that learning is doing. This is an unforgettable experience because tourists are being assisted by professionals while getting involved in several activities regarding one trade or another. Visitors can participate in pottery, for instance, so they can take home the object they created with their own hands. Then we invite visitors to bake the famous Kurtos Kolacz or to polish Aragonite jewels. You can find more details on our webpage at visithargita.com. Hargita has a lot to offer in terms of adventure tourism as well. Here is again at the microphone Merze Jolt, project manager with the Intercommunity Development Association. O experiență care devine cât mai popular de via ferata. Denumirea provine din Italia din Dolomiți. An experience which is becoming increasingly popular is via ferata. The name originates in the Italian Dolomites and initially was a military infrastructure. It is actually a climbing route that employs steel cables, rungs or ladders fixed to rocks. The Gurgen Red Lake route includes our Via Ferrata infrastructure dubbed Wild Ferrens on the southwestern side of Suhardul Mic mountain. This route is 200 meters long and 170 meters above the ground. Another such like infrastructure can be found on the Shugo Gorges nature reserve and is known as Astragalus. With a total length of 700 meters, it has five routes, 285 meters from the ground. But I believe the most beautiful of them all is in the Corbu village, and it is known as the Hawk's Stone. This route, which covers 150 meters, includes a suspended 15 meters long bridge and a vertical section with stairs. This program is available between April and November, but it very much depends on the weather. For more information, videos and photos of the aforementioned routes, visit our webpage at visithargita.com. Another novel experience would be a trip to a genuine sheepfold, 
where one can learn firsthand about this ancient trade and the traditions related. Here visitors can enjoy a rich traditional meal consisting of several courses of delicious bio-food. Specialized guides will be accompanying you on your trip and if you feel like getting a bit of an adrenaline rush, the region offers proper conditions for trips in 4x4 vehicles. Here is again at the microphone Meze Jolt. Cu o mașină de teren bine echipată, poți explora colțurile ascunse ale munții Hashmashului și In a well-equipped terrain vehicle, you can explore the Hashmash Mountains and the Bikazului Gorges. Upon request, of course, the experience can be completed by a Via Ferrata route in the region, but there are also other routes available in various transport vehicles, such as the Unimog. A historic route can be covered in this vehicle or in a Zil 157, an army truck built in the former USSR, which we have dubbed the Crocodile. A 6x6 terrain vehicle offers safety and comfort, and the routes have been chosen in such a way to offer access to breathtaking views and other interesting spots along the way. We also have a one-hour guided tour of the Botanical Reserve at Tinov Mohosh, which is very interesting, especially for kids, as it takes them through an area which is a remnant of the Ice Age where they can see carnivorous plants and other rare species. Like I said, many of these plant species are dating back to the Ice Age and while in the region I would invite visitors to take a boat trip on the St. Anne Lake, as this experience has become very popular with families in general. The boats are big enough to take three, four people who are required to wear life vests, which come in all sizes. Such a family-friendly program is the animal park of Babus Gato, where children can interact with animals and spend a great time. As we all know, animal therapy has been largely used around the world with great effects on patients. Here is again at the microphone Mezi Jolt. Here, children can see and even touch deer, Icelandic horses, rabbits and other cute animals. Another family-friendly experience is the bobsleigh race, which is actually crossing areas of breathtaking beauty. There are three bobsleigh tracks here, including a summer one, 1500 meter long, which can be accessed by means of the ski lifts. And I would like to inform you that a track in Toplica is the longest in Romania, stretching over almost 1800 meters. And that's all from our traveler's guide. Coming up next. Generation 3.0. Welcome to Generation 3.0, I'm Eugen Nasta. 20-year-old Erika Kerbalek is a member of the League of Romanian Students Abroad, the German branch. Erika was born in Bucharest and graduated from the Goethe German College in Romania's capital city. In 2016, at the age of 14, Erika relocated to Germany where she pursued a study cycle in a boarding school with a pilot program for gifted children with an IQ over 130. We first asked Erika how she managed to adapt to a life far from her family in a foreign country at such a tender age. 
Spanes, primul an, eu locuind la un internat, am fost confruntată constant. Mainly in my junior year, I was faced with a German way of life. I had to speak German day in, day out. I lived only with German people. I even was the first foreign student living at that particular boarding school. That is why I can say integration, in the beginning, was rather difficult. But I had the chance to work with some teachers who helped me. They had me solve German language exercises. They understood my situation and even devoted more of their time to support me in my integration efforts. I also had a mentoring program, meaning I always had a teacher who was my personal supervisor. As for the way I was welcomed, it seemed to me there was a stamp, so to speak, put on the Romanians coming abroad. I saw people view the Romanians somewhat differently, yet it didn't seem to me we were not part of an equal opportunity program. Which means that, if you prove you're hardworking, you're willing to learn, and you intend to do as much as them, they welcome you with open arms. About the League of Romanian Students Abroad, Erika says she found them thanks to some of her former colleagues in Bucharest, who are members of the League or who had contacts with the League. She liked what the Romanian youngsters in Germany did, so this year, in February, she joined them. I found it very interesting that they wanted to strengthen the Romanian-German ties, but also the fact that they wanted to create a favorable environment for the Romanian students in Germany to help those who wanted to come to Germany. Now that I am an active member, I find it very important that not only do we create those wider scope events with many people participating, but also we get involved in specific cases, helping each Romanian student who intends to come to Germany and who has her or his questions, who doesn't know how he can fund his own study program and who also has practical questions about how they can find accommodation. I, for instance, deal mainly with the presentation skills. I do that because I am on a merit scholarship offered by the Conrad Adenauer Political Foundation, so I have a little bit more info on how you could finance your study program here. We always plan this caravan, where we try to offer as much personal and general information as we can about the study in Germany, about how you can register at the university, how you can finance your studies, and so on and so forth. And that was Generation 3.0. Next in this program... Sports. Welcome to Sports Flash with me, Eugen Nasta. We begin with news from women's handball. As part of the ongoing European Women's Handball Championship, Romania has advanced to the competition's main group stage. On Wednesday in Skopje, Romania outclassed the host country team, North Macedonia, 31-23. With 10 goals, our national squad's top scorer was Cristina Nagu. Romanian goalkeeper Daciana Hosu was the best player of the match, with a mean save percentage standing at 43.5%. Romania has thus come in third in Group C. In main Group 2, head coach Florentin Perastrainis will join France and Montenegro, each with four points, the Netherlands and Spain with two points each, and Germany, which gained access to the main group stage with zero points, the same as Romania. 
On Friday, Romania goes against Spain. The first two teams in each main group will advance to the championship's semi-finals. Matches counting towards the second round as part of Romanian Cup in football's group stage are scheduled this week. On Tuesday, in Group A, Imploiesh, the local side Petrolul, were held to a blank draw by Unira Slobozia. In Bucharest, Shepsi Svantugiorgi won the game against Dinamo 3-2. In Group B, Esim Joven grabbed a 1-0 home win against FC Botoshani. On Wednesday, Utarad defeated Gloria Buzo 3-1 away from home. Also on Wednesday, in Group C, in Bucharest, Farol Constanza defeated Rapid 2-0. In Group D, FC Hermannstadt defeated Minauro Bayamare 3-2, also away from home. In Ploiești, Târgoviște and FC Argeș drew one all. In Zlatna, Oknamureș and Universitatea Craiova drew also one all. On Thursday, in Group A, FC Craiova go against Voluntari and in Group B, Oțelul Galați play FCSB. In Group C, Alexandria play Universitatea Cluj, then Dumbravita are pitted against CFR Cluj. The Romania-Hungary confrontation, counting towards the playoff stage as part of the Billie Jean King Cup in women's tennis, is scheduled in Oradea this coming Friday and Saturday. Part of Romania's team are Anna Bogdan, Jacqueline Cristian, Gabriela Ruse, Monica Niculescu and first-timer Anka Alexia Todoni. The head of the Romanian delegation is non-playing captain Horia Tako. In the women's singles, best placed is Anna Bogdan, WTA 48th, while in the women's doubles, WTA 47th Monica Niculescu is the best placed among the Romanian tennis players. And that's all from Sports Today. You can also access our sports items at rri.o and on Facebook. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Next in this broadcast is Music of Romania. Welcome, I'm Mihaela Ignatescu. Today's edition features the traditional vocalist and Kobza player Mihai Kalusharu, who unfortunately passed away a couple of months ago. To start this music show, here is one first tune performed by Mihai Kalusharu, entitled People Are Talking. Vorbește lumea ca deși cum vrea Și nu știu de unde vorbe de lea Că de atâtea vorbe câte le-am avut Mă treceam din viață de le-aș fi crezut Vorbește lumea care și cum vrea Și nu știu de ce grija mi-ar purta De ce nu mă lasă să trăiesc cum pot Ce-o avea oare cu al meu Vorbește lumea care și cum vrea 
Oare ce-ar fi vrut să împar cu ea? N-am făcut la nimeni, Doamne, niciun rău, Ce-o avea oare cu sufletul meu? N-am făcut la nimeni, Doamne, niciun rău, Ce-o avea oare cu sufletul meu? Mihai Kalusharu was born in the south of the country and was attracted to old songs from an early age. He was noticed by the great violinist and conductor Ion Albeștanu, who helped him boost his musical career. Vocalist Polina Gheorghe, our colleague from the village Antena, recalls her friendship with Mihai Kalusharu, describing him as a special man, a devoted father and an extremely gifted performer. In the following minutes, we invite you to listen to Polina Gheorghe with a round dance accompanied by the Mihai Kalusharu band. Next, we invite you to listen to another tune performed vocally and on the Kobza by the late Mihai Kalusharu, accompanied by the Ion Albeștanu band, Down the Hill. Cu 
Kalusharu was a member of the Radio Folk Orchestra for 32 years and took his music all across the country and the world. In the following minutes, he will perform for you another tune from his rich repertoire titled Heart at Your Gate. Bate cineva Inima la poarta ta Eu îți bate cineva Vei un bun l-am chemat eu Vei rău e dușmanul tău Vei un bun l-am chemat eu Vei rău e dușmanul tău We end this music show devoted to Mihai Kalusharo with one more song entitled Everybody Says So.
toată lumea zice așa Că dragostea-i boală grea, măi Mândruța crede așa Că o și pe ea, măi Lasă mândru lumea-n pace, măi mândruță, măi Iubește-mă dacă-ți place, măi mândruță, măi Ascultă mândru ce spun, că lumea nu Living Romania Coming up next on Radio Romania International In the Spotlight Welcome everyone, I am Vlad Paluku. Late last month, Bucharest played host to the Cybersecurity Conference, a high-profile event held in continuation of the Third Khan series of conferences, which, organizers say, had an important impact on the field of cybersecurity in Romania. The conference brought together cybersecurity experts, government officials and policymakers, as well as representatives of private companies from various fields and industries, NGOs and academia. The first of its series held in physical format after the COVID-19 pandemic, the conference was devoted to actors operating in the field of cybersecurity in Romania, with a view to strengthening relations and interactions between all stakeholders in this field. The event was meant to generate a nationwide framework for analysis of the cybersecurity environment and the identification of innovative solutions. Attending the event were entities from the public, private and academic sectors. One of the panels in the conference tackled challenges, perspectives and solutions in terms of education and awareness in cybersecurity. Participants looked at particular examples in Romania from the prospect of cybersecurity, highlighting education programs in the field, special trainings and other initiatives and solutions in this respect. You are listening to Radio Romania International. Speaking in the aforementioned panel, Catalina Nikulica, System Engineering Manager at Cisco, says that education should start at a very young age when training the cybersecurity experts of tomorrow. We are not the only country who is facing this issue. We do need security experts, but it's not easy to get a security expert. You cannot just pick a person and train them for a few months and there you go, you have an expert. You have to start very, very early. So this is what we are doing with the cybersecurity trainings. We are trying to promote the cybersecurity and the networking at a very early stage, at a very early age, so people can understand the concepts and the need to have a lot of professionals pursuing a networking and cybersecurity career. Because cybersecurity is not something for the vendors to sell or for the clients to implement. It's something that is impacting all of us at all stages of our lives. I remember something a vendor was presenting at a security conference. He said uh, security is like a chocolate chip cookie. Uh, you have to bake it properly. If you put the chocolate chips 
at the end, on the outside, it's not a chocolate chip cookie, it's a mess. The same thing with security. You have to bake it inside. You have to put the chocolate chips when you bake the cookie. We have to put security inside when we design the network, when we think about the new product, when we go to high school, when we go to the university, uh, when we are doing our work, when we are reading our emails. Security is inside at the right place at the right time, which is everywhere. Because this ecosystem is changing so quickly, we believe it's impossible for one entity to keep up and to do all the work. We cannot ask the Ministry of Education all by themselves to promote security into schools or the universities to have all the security specialists that we need. We cannot just go to universities and say, we need more experts, do your work, give us the experts. Or the police, or the DNSC, or the vendors. It's a team effort. We all need to do our part as much as we can as a team effort to promote security as a proper baked chocolate chip cookie with security inside. You are back with us in the spotlight on Radio Romania International. We're looking at the findings of the Bucharest Cybersecurity Conference held in October in the capital city. Also referring to education and training, Alexandru Kirai, an MA student with the cybersecurity program at Babes Boyo University of Cluj-Napoca, claims that trainings and educational activities should focus on specific targets and that students should be encouraged to experiment in order to find innovative solutions and stay one step ahead. There shouldn't necessarily be a distinction between the academia and the industry because these things are somehow so parallel yet so touching, somehow like um, two periodic functions slightly offset. The thing is that the cybersecurity domain, at least in my perspective, is so dynamic and so rapidly growing that it is mostly focused on uh, the exchange of information and experience. So rather than actually teaching cybersecurity per se, you have to teach the students how to learn, basically, because this domain covers such a wide uh, range of domains that it's actually quite hard to have it at the bachelor level, since this was the question, because they should know most things prior to actually starting this bachelor course. In order to get the students to get a hold of how cybersecurity works, I also believe that it should be gamified per se, but not actually building games, but actually letting the students know that in a simulated environment there are no repercussions and when they actually get to do the things live on real machines, it won't be like uh, if they accident accidentally uh, break into something, nobody's gonna come after them like instantly, at least n nobody has come for me yet, but uh, <laughs> I hope <laughs> this, this is not gonna change. But yes, all in all, I think that we still don't know too much about cybersecurity. We're trying to get it going. And I do indeed think that the best way to do this is by experiments and encouraging students to actually break things and letting them know that it's not the end of the world if they, get, uh, if they go where they shouldn't. And actually pretty much encourage them to do these things on their own because this takes uh, time and practice and as technologies evolve, so do the things that they should actually uh, know in order to get proficient at this. And this is actually shown, as it's been demonstrated before in Timisoara, I think, that the number of job requests on this uh, field is only 29 out of uh, a thousand, so maybe people don't know that they need this. And uh, when they do realize that they need it, they don't know what they need. So, <laughs> in, in essence, we, we don't know what to teach, and we're, we're, I, I still think that we're, uh, we're discovering this now. So, uh, yes, basically, as a takeaway, I think it's, it's a matter of time and doing, <laughs> doing a bit of everything. 
One example in the vein of those suggested by Alexandru Kirai are the so-called hackathons, where students and programmers in general gather to complete challenges and tasks proposed by various partner companies or the authorities themselves. Such initiatives encourage participants to learn and innovate using their coding skills and create a collaborative environment for them to learn new skills. Yet, when we talk about cybersecurity, an entity, regardless of it being part of the public or private sector, should adopt a holistic approach, one that does not focus on specific products or digital elements, but on the entire network. René Sommer, Director of Governments and Industry Advocacy at Ericsson Corporation, explains. When we talk about security in 5G and then the equipment, it is absolutely essential to keep in mind that security experience of the users by the system is delivered by the live deployed network in the use. It's not by a product or a digital element, it is by the totality of multiple products, multiple vendors, multiple generations across the stack. Very important. The second point is that looking at the security of end users, de facto experience security by the end user from a network perspective is dependent on these four layers that you see in front of you. Once our products are ready, they are then shipped to a critical infrastructure operator who may or use multiple, multiple vendors with different technologies. And there where we have the deployment of the different products into a network, which then is uh, launched and operated on daily basis. Security relevant decisions are absolutely critical to ensure security of the deployed networks. And while of course security of products is important, that's not the message here, it is only a necessary but not a sufficient consideration to keep in mind. And coming then to some of the implications that we might want to discuss, both in terms of vulnerability handling or exploitability is very important. And with that, we wrap up in the spotlight today. I'm Vlad Palku. Thanks for listening. on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International. Simply Folk. Welcome to Simply Folk. I'm Eugen Nasta. You are invited to listen to traditional music vocalist Dan Moisescu with a love song dated 1958. Oh, 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 oh,
And with that, our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 7350 kHz in the DRM system and on 9770 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 17800 kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at ri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>